Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello. The start of this week's podcast is recorded outside on a walk with Fred, so the sound is a bit shit. Don't worry, it doesn't go on for too long. Hello, and welcome to Telling Everybody Everything live from North London. I'm on a walk with Fred, and I'm sorry you will be hearing some, you know, traffic noises, but I just thought I would test the beginning of the podcast on the road. I really want to get it done on time, and I have learned that, you know, you just have to make some compromises if you want to do everything. You could be a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, right, Fred? All right, so hopefully he's going to have his rest. It is a beautiful, sunny day in North London. We've not had many of those. Bobby, the golf slash weather expert, reports that it should be sunny all week. I love the number of trucks. Aren't there like traffic calming measures to like discourage massive fucking lorries from going down the road? You'd never know it. All right, update on a few things. I was talking about lupus, you know, a few times and just my autoimmune condition that I have successfully pretty much managed on my own for the last decade. I wasn't taking any drugs for it. There are a bunch of different drugs that you can take when you have autoimmune uh, immunosuppressants like steroids, probably being some of the most serious ones. Some people are on dialysis, God forbid. Some people take chemotherapy and they have organ transplants. I'm very lucky in that mine is mild. I eat really carefully and I was taking a anti-malarial drug that's very famous now thanks to Donald Trump called hydroxychloroquine but I stopped taking that a while ago because it has I mean it actually has very few side effects but I just don't like to take any drugs if I can avoid it and one of the side effects if you take too much for too long can be blindness so you have to get your eyes checked all the time and I just I didn't like the sounds of that really Anyway, I'm back on it. I started taking hydroxychloroquine again. I was taking sort of 200 milligrams three times a week when I was younger and on it, but then I upped it to 400 milligrams every day when I was having miscarriages because I thought that my overactive autoimmune response might be responsible and my doctor agreed. So I was going to a private doctor, the London Lucas Center, like no shade against them. But I remember we fell out one day, I was in the waiting room and they had little creamers for the coffee, you know, that long life milk in the little tubs. And I said to my doctor, if you manage autoimmune conditions, should you probably not give people coffee and should you definitely not give people creamers? And the doctor was like, oh, your diet has nothing to do with your autoimmune response. 
I was like, is that so? Hang on, he's crying. What's wrong? What's the matter? Did you lose your tumbler? There you go. You went tumblumba? There you are. Oh, we're going for a nice walk outside now. Are you warm enough? Oh, you lost that dumbled again. Do you want some more milk? There. You can finish your milk. So I said, I don't know about these creamers. And he said, diet has nothing to do with your autoimmune response, which is just a bunch of bologna. You're not allowed to eat bologna either, by the way. Diet has so much to do with it. Um, you know, your autoimmune response, your immune response rather, like kicks into gear to fight bad things. And if there's anything that, you know, your body mistakes as an enemy, it will kick into gear and fight that. And then in turn, like get over inflamed and start fighting you. An autoimmune condition damages your healthy organs and cells. So you gotta take stuff out of the bucket, you know? What's in your bucket? You got like wheat, dairy, maybe you're smoking, drinking too much alcohol, maybe getting too much sunshine. I don't know what you're doing. It might be fine for some people, not for me. So I was going to this private place and I was thinking to myself, why? Why am I paying 300 pounds every few weeks for a new prescription of this drug that I'm supposed to be on for the rest of my life? I should be able to get this from my GP on the NHS. And then getting a GP took me absolutely ages. Finally, I got one after jumping through several hoops. And I actually really like them, uh, but they wouldn't write me the prescription. They said, no, we need a discharge letter from your private doctor. And I was like, well, I don't think my private doctor wants to give you that because my private doctor wants to keep making 300 pounds every time we speak. But um, ultimately I was wrong. My private doctor ponied up with the letter, wrote it to my new NHS GP, and that NHS GP, GP sent it to the pharmacy and the lovely pharmacist actually came to my door. She was like, where are you? You need to come pick up your lupus medicine. I was like, oh my gosh, what nice like small town service that was. So long story short, I'm getting free, well free for a while because I just had a baby, medicine on the NHS and all it took was being a very clever, literate, English as the first language speaking, young white person. Hooray! I think Fred has autoimmune something as well. As he gets older, I don't know if his natural placenta immunity is waning or what. I'm still breastfeeding him, of course, but I did have norovirus over the holidays. My immune system was probably compromised from that since I thought I was gonna fucking die. And um, he just, he's got a little bit of eczema now, tiny bit of thrush on his tongue. I'm treating it, I'm managing it, but my instinct is telling me, we're putting out the smoke, not the fire. What's the fire? I think he might have a milk allergy. And what does that mean? That means mama has to cut cheese entirely out of my diet. And I only have a little bit of cheese now and then. I don't drink cow's milk. Bobby loves it. He's like, you and Violet are the most hypocritical women I've ever heard in my life. You will not have a drop of cow's milk. It's disgusting. It's handmaid's tail for cows, but you'll eat cheese and have ice cream now and then. Yes, Bobby, I know. But that's the evil of the dairy industry. I feel bad about it. That's gotta stop. And there's also milk protein in some deli meats, which I ate the other day. So I gotta stop that. And that's annoying because I'm already pretty much gluten-free. I'm gonna have to be totally gluten-free now for a while and totally dairy-free, which I believe is how I should be eating. So Fred is a blessing from God reminding me to eat that way because I'm not worth it, but he is, so I'll do it. And I just hope his eczema clears up, my God. Sometimes at night we do give him a bottle of formula here and there too, um, because he just drinks so much. But now that's gotta stop. I found Aptamil Pepti, 
uh, synia, it's called. I don't know what either of those words mean. But if you suspect that your infant has a milk allergy, you're not supposed to switch formulas without your doctor's advice. But I mean, I feel like I'm basically a doctor of my own life. I, um, I switched to that one just a little bit at night and he doesn't like it. I think it tastes like shit, but needs must, Fred. Guess what? I miss cheese as well. Is he asleep? Yes, he's asleep. I'm gonna bundle him up. He's nice and cozy now. The other thing I wanted to talk about today, my gosh, it has gone bananas on the internet and I should learn not to comment on, you know, pop culture because every time I do, a journalist takes a little piece of the podcast and makes it a story in the paper as though I rang them up to be like, hello, prepare to hear my thoughts on Molly May. If you're gonna do that, I mean, go ahead, but please include the full context. There is nuance in everything that I say. Um, this might surprise some of you. All right. Here's the story. Molly May, whom you may not know, she is a runner-up of Love Island. She's a gorgeous little blonde thing who went on Love Island a couple years ago and straight away got into a romance with Tommy Fury. He is the boxer, Tyson Fury's little brother. I believe he's from the traveling community. I did an interview with this wonderful man, Alfie Best. Um, he is one of the richest gypsies in the world. I think his official title is King of the Gypsies. And he asked me, use the word gypsy. Now, it's not up to me whether or not I use the word uh, gypsy because it is offensive to some people. They prefer uh, in some communities to be called a traveling community or, you know, I don't know, maybe other words as well. But Alfie is the only gypsy that I know. He said to me, no, I'm not ashamed of the word gypsy. That's my culture. That's who I am. Use the word gypsy. It's not a bad word. And if you use it, you know, respectfully, that's what Alfie prefers to be called. Anyway, I think that that is the community that Tommy Fury's family comes from. I know that I heard him on a radio show one time and they said, please name a country that begins with the letter H. He said, Hamsterdam. So we're not dealing with, you know, the uh, upper, upper echelon of wisdom, decorum, formal education, you know? His girlfriend, Molly May, though, got herself into some hot water, some trouble, because she is allegedly quite a middle-class privileged girl. She's 22. She went on Love Island, was picked to go on there because she's so beautiful. She was an influencer. I think they found her on Instagram the same way they find a lot of contributors. And she had nice parents. I think they're both police officers. She went to school. And now she is the creative director of Pretty Little Thing or one of these like fast fashion companies. It doesn't matter which one, they're all owned by the same conglomerate, I believe. And I think that their work practices, factory practices, how much wages they pay their workers has been under fire before. I'm assuming they hire people abroad and pay them very little. So Molly May is now the creative director. And she was chosen because a lot of girls in the UK really look up to her. She's, um, gorgeous she posts a lot of cool outfits online she's very fashionable she used to get a lot of fillers and fake hair and tan a lot and she's kind of stripped back a lot of young women uh, were really positively influenced by that decision they were like oh yeah I like my natural face too cool you know they like Molly May Molly May seems like a nice girl so she was on a podcast and someone said how did you do it how'd you get so successful and she said well my advice if you want to do what I've done is to work really hard every day you can do it you just have to wake up and choose grafting, you know? We all have the same 24 hours in a day. 
I've worked my ass off to get to where I am and you can have that too. I think what she said was quite motivational. No, 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 no. She's been torn to pieces because people in today's society are like, how dare you say we all have the 24 hours the same in the day? We do not. You are a beautiful, pretty privileged, youth privileged, cisgendered, uh, binary, you know, non-disabled, whatever they want to call her. You have everything a lot easier than the rest of us. And that's also true. It's a valid point. And when you want to criticize things that you see in pop culture, I think it's good. I think there's lots of room for positive discussion because we all see the same actions. You know, we, we have um, the same context for these things. We see it on TV and we all react and then we can have a debate from there, have jump off conversations and opinions from there. And it is a fair point. Yes, we don't all have the same 24 hours in a day. There was a meme that used to go around. You have the same 24 hours in the day that Beyonce has. Well, no, because Beyonce is wealthy beyond anyone's wildest dreams. She has loads of assistance and help and she gets treated differently than, than we do everywhere we go. We don't have the same 24 hours a day of Beyonce. Fine. It's worth pointing out. But the way people went after Molly May, like, this fucking bitch, she's such a horrible person because she thinks we all have this. Look, what she said was, I mean, she was just trying to help. She was trying to say, you know, work hard and you can have more than you would if you didn't work hard. And sure, she might know, not know about everyone's individual struggles, but she's 22. You're allowed to speak to just your demographic. She's allowed to speak to girls just like her and say, come on girls, pull your finger out. You can do this. You can excel if you really put the hours in. That doesn't mean that she's pointedly trying to disrespect someone with no legs, you know? Someone who's grown up in poverty, who got kicked out of their house for being an LGBT youth. Not everything applies to everyone all the time. And I just think it's so sad that the people who position themselves as being the most progressive, oh, we wanna make a change, you know, we wanna help, we wanna point out injustices. They have such a dark side sometimes, you know? Like, how dare you, you fucking bitch? Your company employs factory workers and pays them low wages. All right, yeah, have that chat. But I mean, do you think, do you think that Molly May was trying to hurt you when she said what she said? No, I think what she said will actually influence a lot of young women like her. Not everyone's gonna be at her same starting line, but many girls are. I've dealt with teenagers. I can't believe how lazy some of them are and how entitled some of them are. And maybe some of those already privileged teenagers needed to hear Molly Mae go, yeah, not everyone came out of Love Island the same way that I did. Sure, I got picked to go on there because I'm beautiful. Sure, I've had a lot of things handed to me, but I have also taken it to the next level, really put the hours in. And that's what sets me apart from other people who started in my position. Look at all the Love Islanders. Some of them have uh, been more successful than others, to say the least. And I just think, have a word with yourself. If you want to attack a 22-year-old girl, especially if you're my age, there are women my age who are like, fuck this little fucking, have a word. Hey, I'm back in the house. Sorry for any inconvenience caused. Ooh, I sounded really Canadian there. Sorry, sorry for any. I know it was loud and you had to listen to the trucks, but I feel like maybe it's a wake-up call for all of us. Climate change is real, and there are a lot of large diesel vehicles going up and down my road. It's too much. 
Why did I move to such a busy road? We'll never know. I got papped in that road looking crazy. My Canadian accent is not usually this strong. Um, I've been home for a while. I took Fred for a pedicure. Not for him. I mean, he took him with me for a pedicure at my local nail place that I love so much. I am potty training him, so sometimes when he's out, I'm worried that he might use his nappy, which he's allowed to do. Like, it's uh, the whole, like, wisdom behind what I'm doing is just to take their nappy off whenever you can, whenever you notice that they have to go to the loo and then they don't get used to going in a nappy. But if you're out and about and you don't have the potty, which I'm going to start bringing it around with me sometime soon, but on this occasion I didn't have it. I could see that he was trying to go to the loo and I was just like, oh well. So that, you know, we had a few wins for a few days. He actually hadn't been in his nappy for all of 2022 until today. One loss, but he doesn't mind. He doesn't carry either way. Like, it's not as though he gets in trouble if he goes in his nappy. Fine. But the lady beside me in the pedicure chair seemed unimpressed. Just, I don't know, about the fact that I had a baby with me. Most people are like, oh my God, a baby. But she was a bit like, I have a hard, hard life and a hard job. And I just wanted to relax and you're bouncing this baby. And yes, I'm listening to nursery rhymes. I don't ask them to put on nursery rhymes. They just do. Um... So the Molly May chat that I was having when I was walking along, uh, to sum it up, it just annoys me that we always have to go zero to 100 on this shit. We have to be like, you bitch, you don't think of anyone but yourself. And all these memes came out. I mean, don't we don't we remember like two seconds ago how many former reality contributors are actually dead? Uh What happened to the Be Kind movement? This girl was just trying to empower her own demographic. And it's all right to say, I think women say this about predominantly male spaces all the time. And then different ethnicities can say this about predominantly white spaces. Um, People can say this about able-bodied spaces. You can always absolutely have your voice and go, hey, that's actually not the same for me. It's, uh, you know, you've started from quite a position of privilege. Fine. But to just trash this young woman on the internet for a solid week. Nigel Farage had to get involved in Defender. I mean, he didn't have to get involved. But Nigel Farage, you know, when Nigel Farage is in your corner, I mean, something terrible has happened to you. He's busy. He's had a busy week. He's defending this tennis player. He's defending Molly May from Love Island. I don't know. We had a weird week in the Ryan Kutstra house. A lot of people don't know our last names, by the way. The boys in my family are called Kutstra, and the girls in my family are called Ryan. Um, We have a housekeeper now, (laughs) speaking of privilege, and we're very private people, and we're not great employers. Like, it makes me quite uncomfortable, but she comes a few days a week, and um, we were away over the holidays, and she was here watching the dogs, which is really what we need her for. We need just someone on hand to assist Bobby if I'm working long hours or to watch the dogs if we're away because we've set it up in our lives that there's just too many animals for us to ever be away. They need constant care. And if you can afford it, if you can give back to the economy and employ someone and have your house running smoothly, it'll help your marriage. It'll help you. I mean, like if you can afford it, why not? This is, this is what I say to myself, but, um, gosh, she's so good at organizing things like Violet's wardrobe, cupboards, different food items, closets, like all those jobs that I keep meaning to get to, but don't. She's so incredible at that. But guys, O-M to the G. She made me a sex bag. So many of you, all right, I'm not a kinky person in any way. I own zero sex toys and that's a fact. I promise you. I've been sent sex toys before by like different young hip authors trying to promote their sex positive books, Grace Campbell. 
Um, but I didn't keep that dildo. Just, uh, I don't know. Some people want vibrators and that's great. And I'm, I love the sex positive generation. I am not someone who owns or wants to own a sex toy. I don't own one. Um, I don't own condoms. I don't own like lube. I don't have any of that stuff in my house. But what I do have is a bunch of naked Polaroids of myself because if you will have watched The Duchess, that scene where uh, there's like the entrapment of Jane, where Catherine's character leaves naked Polaroids for Jane's husband, Brian, in his office. And then Brian is like outraged and brings, I don't know why I think it's so funny. I mean, I wrote it. I think, I think I'm pretty funny. That's all that counts, guys. Um, Brian is like, well, I got these pictures. Jane confronts Catherine at the school gates. Why does my husband have naked pictures of you? Why would you have sent these? And then Catherine's like, oh no, you found out about our ongoing love affair. Just because I always thought it was really funny for women to weaponize like fucking each other's husbands against each other because so many men do it in hip-hop and they objectify women so anyway long story so then jane is like oh to the headmaster mr michaels um she planted these in an attempt to seduce my husband and Catherine's like what no jane just brought pornography into the schoolyard anyway we needed like actual naked polaroids of me for that i guess like maybe we didn't I don't know. I, th- I was told that we did so i took a bunch of naked polaroids myself now There's nothing crazy showing. There's a little nip here and there, but you just sort of need to glance at them with the camera to think they look genuine. So these pictures exist. They're in no way alluring, sexual, like they look ridiculous. Um, They're a prop for the Duchess, but I didn't know what to do with them because I didn't want to throw them away. That would be worse. Like I wouldn't want someone to ever, ever find them. And it would be weird to like painstakingly chop them up and you could still sort of tell what they are, like chopped up Polaroids in my bin. It's just weird. So I just put them at the bottom of a drawer, I guess. Um, and in the housekeeper's sorting, she must have found these, like come upon these horrible, like not sexy at all selfies and been like, oh, well, I'll help out. Let me just um, stash these away. So she's made a drawer and in the drawers, like all these selfies. And then oddly, she put my like ovulation tests in there because when we were trying for a baby to have Fred, one of the things that I was doing is peeing on these ovulation sticks that tell you when your luteinizing hormone spikes. And then it gives you an idea of when you're going to release an egg that month. You guys, I mean, all the over 35s know what I'm talking about. But um, you can use these ovulation tests. So she put those in there. And then she put like pads and tampons and she just put like some massage oil in there that I have that I was like gifted she just made like a little sex cupboard I was like dude what the fuck I'm just imagining and I haven't seen her yet this year but uh she'll be back soon because I'm on tour again um oh I'm on tour again where am I like Colchester something else with the sea Cheltenham Bexhill on sea um Ipswich Cambridge Tunbridge Wells Westcliff on sea Aylesbury Oxford a lot of on seas I'm back on tour from the 20th of Jan and um I just don't even want her to look at me she's gonna be like you don't even know how to take sexy photos what the fuck were these Polaroids that I found because I'm like laughing giggling and I'm like <laughs> like I'm not trying I wasn't trying to be sexy I was making props for the Duchess but I just love it I love 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 that instead of shaming me or like throwing them away or leaving them where she found them, she was like, my job here is to make this family organized. So I'm going to make a sex cupboard, a little bag containing really, really bullshit effort at hot Polaroids, ovulation kits, and why not throw in some like XL sanitary pads that I was using right after Fred was born. Hot. 
There are a great many interesting letters in my inbox today, so I'm going to get to those and hopefully answer some of your life's biggest questions, give you some advice right after these messages. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh, shit. There are a lot of people who aren't going to like this, including Bobby. Bobby's like, Catherine, stop talking about the vaccine, because even if you ask a simple question or you criticize any element of the rollout, people are going to misunderstand that and think that you're anti-vax. And you can be fully vaccinated nowadays and still be quote unquote technically anti-vax because they've changed the definition in the dictionary. They've changed, I don't know, words evolve all the time. I don't, I don't know. I don't really have data about what words have and haven't been changed uh, medically speaking lately in the dictionary. But I do know that anti-vax used to mean like you're against getting vaccinations. But now that's not what it means. Now it means you can be for vaccinations, but against any uh, legislation or mandate of vaccinations. And I have said before on this podcast, because whatever, I'm not afraid of ever saying how I feel, that I think mandating, legislating, enforcing vaccinations, especially with, you know, the fact that, I don't know, there's been a lot of humming and hawing and changing information a lot. Even if vaccinations are wonderful, even if you want to get vaccinated, even if, like, I think it's a good thing to get vaccinated. I don't think it's the government, the shit weasel, wolf crying liars in the government's position to legislate that for you. Do you understand the difference? I hope that you do. Vaccines are great. The government forcing you to do anything like that, I think, is a violation of your rights. Um, and so I have a letter now from an NHS midwife. And there are many of these doctors. I think an anesthetist went viral this week. These people are not saying they don't want to get vaccinated necessarily. They're just saying, wait a minute, I'm going to lose my job in the government who's busy having parties, by the way, at 10 Downing Street. They're telling me I can't do this or that or travel or eat in a restaurant without a medical certificate. It's just, I know all of you have very spicy opinions about this, but I'm just going to read this letter out. Catherine. I am a midwife who's worked in the NHS for nearly 10 years. I'm passionate about what I do, and I'm proud to have cared for hundreds of women from all sorts of walks of life, helping them to grow and to birth their babies. I've been blessed to meet wonderful families and support in such beautiful births, be it at home or in hospital. I have worked 
tirelessly to dedicate myself to my vocation, and I truly believe in empowering women to make informed choices about their bodies. Pregnancy and birth are so transformative, and I'm filled with joy to be part of this life-changing event. I'm deeply saddened by the government and the NHS's decision to enforce the vaccine mandate. I myself am unvaccinated, and not because I'm an anti-vaxxer, but because the vaccine is an experimental drug that's still in its trial phase. I don't feel that I presently have sufficient information to feel comfortable taking this risk. The mandate strips away my human right and ability to make a choice about what I feel is right for me. The NHS prides itself on the tenets of to do no harm, evidence-based care, and patient-informed choice. However, when it comes to me and several other of my NHS colleagues, these beliefs don't seem to be extended to us. Here's an ambulance. Real shortage of midwives and ambulance drivers lately. It seems a pity to dismiss any of them. Okay. I don't know what to do. I either retain my right to make choices about my health and my body and lose the job that I love so much and have sacrificed so much for, or I comply. But in doing, I lose my medical freedom. If I comply, then where does this end? Will I have to keep having a booster vaccine every few months? And when does that stop? Homes can be repossessed. Money can be stolen. We lose friends and loved ones. But the only thing I enter this world with that is truly mine is my body. Why should I be punished punished or forced to comply for simply choosing to honor my body in the only way that I know how? I now have to make some difficult decisions and I just feel stuck. I've been crying every day due to the sheer weight of this and I'm battling between choosing to preserve my right to bodily autonomy and potentially letting down the service or not. I know you can't tell me what to do, but I wondered if you had some words of wisdom. Like, I don't. I think the vaccine is good and isn't going to harm you. But I understand why people are suspicious of anything that the government forces us to do. They should have kept their noses out of this from the beginning. They should have left it to scientists and doctors because as soon as the government are involved, as soon as Boris Johnson is like doing a PMQ and he's going, this, I think this is the right thing to do. I don't feel like he's ever, ever taken an interest in keeping anyone alive ever. So I think that's what's raised a lot of people's suspicions. And I think... That if you didn't force people to do it, more people probably would. And I know so many will be listening. And, the, and like, this is almost a religion now. People don't want to hear any other opinion. They're like, no, uh, the vaccine is good. And if you don't get it, you're selfish. And you're a bad person. And you're also racist. Justin Trudeau said that. He said, yeah, people who don't get vaccinated are likely to be racist. <laughs> I mean, um, I think that there's a huge misunderstanding. I know some people who aren't vaccinated and it's not because they want to kill your granddad and take his job at the post office. They are not confident that it works. They are really scared and they feel like, sure, the data says this and the science says that, but who owns all this data and science and releases it? And like a lot of us are medically traumatized because, oh, the doorbell, sorry. Look, this podcast is like all over the place today. Welcome to my life. There are noises, there are trucks. A lot of us are medically traumatized because either we have autoimmune diseases like me that went undiagnosed and then misdiagnosed and then like uh, the doctors will go, oh, your diet has nothing to do with it. Take all this medicine. And you go, what? Or like I grew up in the country, in the city that has the largest petrochemical plant in all of North America. And so many of us have higher cancer rates than anywhere else in Canada. Why is that? Oh, officially, it's a coincidence. All right. Well, look. People are not being selfish if they're not vaccinated. They're worried 
And I think even those of us who are immunized can look at the government who's rolling all this out and go, okay, I get why you wouldn't trust them. And like I said before, I think if they didn't force it, more people would do it. Forcing it is what has led to so much suspicion, especially when the government uh, have their garden parties. They're clearly not worried about dying or anything else. On the same hand, I do have friends who are doctors and one of my good friends in Sarnia is um, like a lead doctor in the A&E. And she has said that a lot of the people in there are unvaccinated. Um, so I just wish all the information was coming from doctors. None of it was coming from the government. I wish the health secretary had a background as a doctor. I wish the education secretary had a background as a teacher. I don't understand how bankers get this, these jobs. And then they line their friends' pockets and they employ all of their mates. And they go, yeah, yeah, listen to what we say. But we're not going to follow our own advice. But you definitely, definitely should. And then now kids are being vaccinated. And I saw in Vancouver, they're evicting um, four-year-old leukemia patients from the Ronald McDonald house because they're unvaccinated. So the Ronald, unless this is a scam, I don't think it is. It looked pretty legit when I saw it. The Ronald McDonald house is a charity. It's like um, a hospice, like place for sick kids to be and to be looked after. And they sent out notices that if anyone staying with us is unvaccinated, you've got to go by January 30th. And it's like, what a four-year-old who has leukemia really I mean I don't I just don't know it's made me really sad lately all of it because it's tearing people apart everyone's arguing and you're right I can't make that decision for you only the government can but I do think it's a real shame to lose talented NHS staff because we've already lost so many because you're not treated well enough oh this one says Catherine will you please talk about the L Darby tweets who the hell is Elle Darby? What? What? Is there like a whole new celeb that I don't know about? Elle Darby. Let's see. I'm going to Google. Oh, she's an influencer and she has a boyfriend called Connor. They've been dropped from their talent agency. After it emerged, they posted racist tweets as teenagers. Oh, no. All right. She lost more than 100,000 followers after racist tweets she sent as a teenager emerged. Oh, I see. So this young woman's 26 from Wiltshire, UK. And she launched her own clothing brand off the back of her success as a social media star. This is why I don't know who she is. There's like a whole ecosystem of social media stars. My goodness. So she's like, you know, Instagram's Molly May without the Love Island, basically. All right. So she called foreigners names and she said she hates certain types of foreigners when she was a teenager. 2011, these tweets. Wait a minute. So it's 2022. She's 26. So she was 15 her boyfriend of seven years. She's been dating this boy for seven years. He also posted racist tweets. Um, oh, well, including one that said, I look like a, okay, this might be triggering racist language for some of you, but it feels like there's no hatred in this tweet. He said, looking like a black man after work through all the dust I collected. So that's obviously not cool to say, but he wasn't saying you know, I, I want to cause violence or I hate these people. He was just being like, my skin has been darkened. But I see how that's problematic. I totally get it. But he's like a 15-year-old boy. I'm amazed any 15-year-old boy can string a sentence together. Now they've been dropped from their agency saying they want talent who align with their values. Well, 
these tweets are all from 2011. There's nothing recent that they have said. Though, I mean, sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire. Things like this emerge and an agency has been waiting for a reason to drop you. Like maybe they do still hold these beliefs, but they just don't tweet it anymore. Maybe they're tough to work with. Or maybe this is just something you tweet when you're 15 that resurfaces and gets you fired from your job. Oh, they have a baby and everything. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, my view on this, I don't know these people. Are they racist? Probably not. But uh, 2011 was a time that people were playing with fire. They got on social media. They'd say spicy things and they didn't really think probably because they were teenagers before they sent it. Um, And then my advice to teenagers is always to use social media as though you are publishing an article in the newspaper because anything you put on social media, whether that be a TikTok or a little video or a photo or a joke that you think might be funny, it's there forever. And a lot of us have uh, evolved and grown since Twitter came out. We used it in a totally different way. I remember even I put nasty things on there, not racist things, but I mean... Um, I remember watching Geordie Shore, and I'm friends with a lot of the reality stars on Geordie Shore now, but back then I remember one of the young women was having her breast, oh no, she was getting her boobs out, and I said, oh, please let the next time, and I added her at whomever, please let the next time she gets her tits out uh, to be when they're replaced by an actually board certified surgeon or something. You know, I just was basically insinuating she had bad implants. That was nasty. I used Twitter to be nasty. I tweeted something about Holly Madison. You guys might not know her in the UK. She's one of Hugh Hefner's girlfriends when uh, Hugh Hefner, owner of the Playboy Mansion brand, now deceased, he had like eight girlfriends living with him. And the lead girlfriend was this girl, Holly, who was really beautiful and fun and cool. And I loved the TV show. They had a reality show called The Girls Next Door. I think in this country, it was called Girls of the Playboy Mansion. But anyway, she had a baby with someone else after they split. And I tweeted, um, oh, uh, she's young. This baby's young enough that like she'll get to be who Hefner's girlfriend someday. I said something like that. And that was nasty too. Like I remember these tweets and I still feel badly about them. And I have a 12-year-old. She's more online now than ever. And I know that this is like a beast that I just have to be in a constant battle with. So there are any young people who follow me, you know, number one, if you think that the joke that you're about to tell is racist or is going to harm a group of people, definitely don't say it. There's no need to be nasty. But secondly... Whatever you tweet could be taken very seriously by a future employer or by a future group of people. So be careful. You know, it's not a joke if it's taken out of context by the wrong people or, you know, 10 years down the line, you might really regret what you said. If you you thought it was funny at the time, you didn't know the harm it was going to cause. Let these instances be a lesson to you. And also that extends to not just, you know, offending another group of people. Don't send naked pictures to a boyfriend or a girlfriend when you're young. Because number one, you're too young to do that. And number two, this person, you don't know where it's going to go. It could end up in the wrong hands. It could really backfire. Don't bully anyone online. Don't use your phone, this instrument for publishing forever for temporary feelings or for something that you think is nasty. Just never, ever, ever do that. You could get yourself fired from a job that you don't even know exists. Like in 2011, this girl never could have foreseen, oh, I'm going to be a famous influencer. That didn't exist. She thought, oh, I'm going to tweet this about Polish people. 
Nope. Just be nice. More support um, from the week that Violet called me a Karen. This is a good news, Karen. This email says, Karen saved me from a bullet, Catherine. Now, how do I rebuild my life? Catherine, 15 months ago, I happened upon Tinder for the first time. I was bored, a 41-year-old mother of three, single for over a year, and I just thought it might be fun. I got chatting to a man and eventually agreed to meet him. He was charming, polite, funny, lovely. Over the next few weeks and months, we fell in love. He met my children. I met his daughter. We had a holiday, days out, family weekends. Perfect. I knew he had a young daughter who he didn't see due to a fallout with her mom. He was addressing that through the family courts, and I supported him, even putting his evidence together and helping him prepare for his hearings. Our relationship moved quickly into, quote-unquote, family life. Maybe because of lockdown, maybe because of COVID and the life's short attitudes, but we very quickly became totally together. If we weren't physically together, it was multiple calls a day. No arguments, no rows, literally the best relationship I'd ever had. Totally open and honest and easy, just good. We talked about having a child together, getting married, buying a house. By the week before Christmas, I was pregnant? We had an offer accepted on a house. My house was sold and it was all systems go for an amazing new chance at family life. I was taking the lead with the house move and had an appointment with the mortgage advisor, Karen. After going through my own finances, all fine, she started asking questions about his. She asked me what the child maintenance payment was to a woman I'd never heard of. I said she must be mistaken. Was it the right account? It was. Long story short, he had a secret child, a two-and-a-half-year-old child, a child he lied about even when confronted with evidence, still denied, still lied about, and refused to even recognize her by name. He lied and lied and made up ridiculous stories rather than just tell me the truth. I found out only by speaking with two of his ex-partners that he's lied about his qualifications, his relationship history, everything. <gasps> I demanded to see his bank statements and found a huge gambling issue. He is not who I thought he was at all. I ended the relationship and pulled the house sale. Thank fucking God for that. I decided to terminate our baby. Luckily, it was very early days, but it was the most mentally and physically traumatic thing I've ever experienced. I know it was the right decision, but it plays on my mind, and I'm accessing counseling to process it. He refused to speak to me, wouldn't even have a video call to explain himself and answer my questions. Lots of text messages, but no answers, and lots of getting angry with me and trying to make me out to be unreasonable. My question is, how do I begin to get over such a huge betrayal? I let that man into my home, my children's home, and it could have gone so, so wrong if it had gone on longer. I thought I'd done my due diligence. I checked his history, found a mutual friend of a friend, checked his credentials, but he lied to everyone, not just me. Even his best friend didn't seem to know about his child. I'm in shock that a man I loved and was so loving to me and my children, a man I planned my future with, could have looked me in the eye and lied so many, many times. Can I ever trust myself again? And also to close the story, almost three weeks after Karen told me about the secret child, having got through Christmas, etc., etc., I was just beginning to feel like I might be able to survive this, but still pretty low, and the white wine and the Adele stage of a breakup, a knock on the door an unexpected delivery, a box containing the most beautifully wrapped gift, deep purple paper and a beautiful red ribbon. I was totally confused. Check the gift tag. A gift from Karen 
and the bank, hoping I can use it when I get five minutes to relax. It was the most beautiful gift of luxurious skincare products. I sobbed and sobbed at not only the loss of the relationship and future I thought I had, but the gift of kindness from stranger Karen at the bank, who dodged me a bullet, and in some random show of female solidarity, took the time to send me a care package. That is so nice. Not all Karens are bad, just the few who've gone viral online. Holy shit. I mean, bang. What a start to 2022. I think that I'm glad you're accessing counseling because this is a huge trauma and it's going to take some time to heal from it. Um, I'm sure your children are not traumatized the way that you are because they're not in this circular logic of blaming themselves. I'm sure they're just like, oh, mom was going to marry this guy. And luckily our mom's so smart. She figured out, you know, I don't know how much they know or how old they are. But if my mom was about to marry some scoundrel, even if I thought he was nice, if she found out that he was a liar and then saved us from, you know, digging in deeper a life with him, then I would be thrilled. I'd go, oh my God, my mom's a fucking genius. Between my mom and Karen at the bank, why don't they have like an action movie? I think you're selling yourself short. Um, A lot of people wouldn't have had the courage to end that relationship. They would say, well, I'm already in too deep. I'm already at the bank. I've already paid for parking. So um, I don't want to be humiliated when everyone finds out he lied. So I'll just, you know, pack this backpack of a secret onto my shoulders and I'll keep this quiet for him and, you know, carry on as though it's not happening. A lot of people would have done that a lot because you go crazy when you're in love you almost lose your mind sometimes and that's why so many people believe these narcissistic liars these pathological like character liars um I know that you're sad for the loss of what could have been both with probably your relationship and the baby but I mean here's where you are now and You've just got to call it a wash, like move forward and go, well, that's what happened last year. And you don't need answers from this man. I say this so often. You you don't need to talk to him. You don't need a video call because he's just going to lie some more. I think him not speaking to you is the best thing. This is the most respectful thing I've heard him do thus far. Um, Don't let him contact you, even if he has a change of heart, which he probably will down the road, try to talk to you. No, 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 no. This person... Um, does not deserve access to you or your life. They don't deserve the honor of even being allowed to answer these questions. You know the truth. He's done. Thank the Lord you didn't buy a house with him, marry him, get digger, digger, (laughs) deeper dug into his gambling debts or anything else. And you're not a fool. These people prey on empaths on wonderful people who can see the good in them and give them a chance they do this on purpose they prey on smart women um, who are kind so that is how he found you Uh, continue being smart and kind and the right person will meet you next time this can happen to anyone and just I would take a self-care day get some snacks that you like and watch these shows on like sky or now tv I think they have a whole series about like who the fuck did I marry I think it's called and it's these guys who have like 10 families or they lie or they like totally invent identities look at Ted Bundy 
He's got about four or five specials on Netflix. Look at what he was able to do. He was like charming the judge. Like there are people who are sick and they become really good liars and they fool smart people every day. So you dodged a bullet, like you said, you're a smart person. You saved yourself and your children from what would have been a lifetime of gaslighting and treachery. So well done you. May we all learn from your story in 2022 and be vigilant, but ultimately have an open heart because most people are good. This has been another episode of Telling Everybody Everything. If you would like to write me an email, you can send it to tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. You can reach out to me on social media at Kathbum everywhere. I think Instagram and Twitter and TikTok, they're all Kathbum. You can read my book. It's called The Audacity. It's available as an audiobook or in stores. I think the paperback's coming out soon. It's heavily discounted online. Or you can come see me on tour. I'm touring the UK for most of 2022. Don't get those tickets from any dodgy resellers. Make sure you always get them from the venue direct or from Live Nation or Ticketmaster. A lot of times, even if a show's sold out, you show up alone or with one friend on the door and there will be production tickets released for you. So um, thank you so much for always having an open mind with this podcast, always listening. And just know that even if you disagree with someone, be that Molly May or an unvaccinated person in your neighborhood, I think everyone's doing their best. Uh, everyone's doing the best that they can with the information that they have. And no one's really that evil or that selfish. Oh my God, this coming from roast comedian Catherine Ryan. Yes, it's true. I think there were good people, except that guy who lied to the woman. Good night. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.